It's number one with a Bullard, the audio edition. I'm Gabe Bullard. Episode 5, A History of Headphones. The Sony Walkman is a tiny stereo cassette player with truly incredible sound. Put on a Walkman and see the world in a whole new light. Think of the last time you took a walk. Were most people you passed wearing headphones, earbuds, or something similar? This might seem like an unsurprising realization. The price and availability of smartphones has dropped steadily. The same is true for headphones. For years, the two were even packaged together at one low, low price. But as obvious as the fact is, the speed at which this has happened is remarkable. It's happened so fast, I wonder if we've started to understand what it means for so many people to suddenly change the way they use one of their senses, and the implications on what we listen to. I realize I'm dating myself by calling everything we use for personal recreational listening headphones. Earbuds is the more accurate term, and one that's used increasingly often. I imagine that in a decade, headphones will be used only to refer to over-the-ear models. Because these are so often sold as high-end or fashionable, the word might take on the same connotations. Earbuds are what you use for phone calls. Headphones are what connoisseurs use for music. For the first half of the 20th century, headphones were a technical tool. They were for switchboard operators and people monitoring ship-to-shore signals. Some hi-fi obsessives might have had a pair at home, but anyone out and about with headphones on probably also had a metal detector. The first portable transistor radios changed this. They came along in 1954. A search through newspaper, book, and magazine archives shows that mentions of the term earphones exploded in the late 50s. In the newspaper archives, a lot of these mentions are in advertisements. Surprisingly, a lot of the ads are for televisions that feature earphone jacks. This changed again in the 1980s. The path of mobile sound changed too because of the Walkman. It's the latest fan, tiny stereo cassette players with featherweight headphones. The Walkman popularized the term headphones. There's a spike in use of the word in print beginning in 1980. And what it meant to wear headphones changed too. Having a pair on didn't make you look like a United Nations interpreter or submarine radar technician. In the US, headphones became a symbol of youth, particularly slacker youth. In Back to the Future, Marty McFly keeps them on his neck like jewelry. You've got a real attitude problem, McFly. You're a slacker. This cultural shorthand was so ubiquitous, it's now a signifier of the decade. The backstory of one character in Guardians of the Galaxy is represented by a Walkman with headphones. Headphones became a status symbol. They said you had a strong enough love of music to own a Walkman and enough money to buy one. As the number of portable audio players grew, so did the potential for headphones as signifiers or advertisements. In the early 2000s, white earbuds were the mark of an iPod, and having an iPod in those years said a lot about you. It was a marker of a certain kind of mainstream idea of cool. Apple used it as the basis of their ads for four years. TV commercials and billboards showed people dancing with their iPods. The dancers were shown as silhouettes against a bright background, making the white earbud cable the center of attention. The images were so iconic, Apple has brought the campaign back, this time focusing on wireless AirPods. These are called silhouette ads, but you can see some details of the dancers, all of which are rich with fashionable meaning. 
the checkerboard pattern on van slip-ons, logos on baseball caps, that sort of thing. The revolution of wireless earbuds, beyond the convenience, is the need to almost never remove them, in part because we're wearing them all the time, and in part because there's no headband or cable that allows us to easily remove and wear them. The other day, while we did separate chores, Linda and I each listened to our own devices. When we stopped to talk, we didn't remove our earbuds. We just paused whatever we were listening to. If you set up a digital avatar on an Apple device, you can give the caricature of yourself a pair of AirPods, just like you would give it earrings or a jaunty cap. It's important to note that advances in portable audio have also been a boost to accessibility. The disappearance of any social stigma on the act of wearing the listening device is progress. Regardless of their device, all headphone wearers have one thing in common. They have a secret. The secret is what is or isn't coming through the headphones. This idea is laid out in The Walkman Effect, a fascinating paper by Shuhei Hosokawa, published in 1984. Hosokawa writes, quote, The Walkman holder neither refuses communication nor is isolated from reality, but continues enunciating the existence of his secret in this simple way. The Walkman didn't create this world of private listening. It just expanded it. Before the Walkman, the car was a private space where you could listen to whatever you wanted, provided it was on the radio or a cassette. While researching this, I asked myself an obvious question. Did cars have radios before the transistor? The answer is yes, they had tubes. It wasn't until nearly a decade after the transistor radio that the first car came equipped with an entirely solid-state sound system. That raises the question of whether any cars had a means of playing vinyl. The answer is also yes but they failed. The Walkman and its attached headphones made private listening possible anywhere, no car or road required. The Walkman effect is the sense of control headphone wearers have over their environment. The sounds of the city are random. They can become musical in their own way, but to have music at one's command is to control the soundtrack of life, rather than let strangers or nature control it. More and more people are discovering that about the only space they've got is between their ears. You know, listening to Beethoven and walking in Manhattan, you know, walking on the streets is, uh, it's pretty nice. As opposed to hearing the sirens that are going by and the jackhammers. Yeah. It just puts you in your own world all by yourself. It's like carrying your stereo with you, you know, <laughs> on, your, on your head. This was the final step in creating what Hosokawa calls the mobility of the self. What we choose to listen to is part of who we are, and headphones let us take that part of ourselves wherever we go. Our soundtracks ourselves. Whether they wear pinstripes or no stripes, they're discovering that at least musically speaking, you can take it with you. About 750,000 people nationwide are doing just that. The Walkman Effect paper begins with a dismissal of the expected hand ringing associated with headphones. A person is asked whether Walkman users, quote, are human or not, whether they are losing control with reality, end quote. The respondent laughs off these questions as old-fashioned, then looks forward to the day when you will have every kind of film on video at home, every kind of classical music on only one tape. We have this now, and then some. Our listening options are no longer limited to the radio shows that are on at the time, the tapes we have with us, or the MP3s we move to our iPods through Firewire cables. We can listen to anything. A politics podcast, a favorite song, a new release, the audio edition of Number One with a Bullard. But our choices of what to listen to seem less important now than whatever it is we do while we listen. The mobile self is always moving. That is, it's always doing something else. Hosokawa points out that listening on the go is listening and walking, or listening and driving. 
the key is the and. and. We were always free to do other things while playing records or the radio at home. And this is great. Music makes so many things better. Being able to listen in more places during more tasks is wonderful. But there are downsides. Hosokawa writes that being mobile enables our musical listening to be more occasional, more incidental, more contingent. Open your streaming app and you'll find music is now largely organized by incidents and contingencies. There are playlists for relaxing, studying, cooking, and working out. These are put together by professionals or they're assembled by algorithms. We choose what to listen to based on the activity we do while we listen, and we leave the specifics of that listening up to a curator or a computer. We've attained the autonomy the Walkman promised, and we're happy to give it up. There's a fine line between soundtrack and background music. It's so fine, it's hard to know when we've crossed it. After work a few weeks ago, I decided to take a walk and grab a beer. Approaching a restaurant, I switched my sunglasses for my regular glasses, put on my face mask, and put my earbuds in their case. As comfortable as I am having conversations and headphones on the street or at home, I still try to keep them off for transactions like this. A few minutes later, I walked out to sit on the patio and put my outdoor face back on. I set down my drink, swapped my glasses, removed my mask, and popped my earbuds back in. I hit play on my music. I felt like myself. Put on a Walkman and see the world in a whole new light. Number One with a Bullard is written and produced by me, Gabe Bullard. Linda Golden edits the script that I read and the newsletter, which you can read at GabeBullard.com. Please subscribe if you check it out and like it, and please tell a friend as well. That would be fantastic. You can also rate and review this podcast wherever you got it. Makes a big difference at Apple Podcasts, but anywhere is very appreciated. Have a good week. Talk to you soon. Oh, and for people who listened all the way through last week, this is my new microphone. Tell me how it sounds. I think it sounds all right. Put a windscreen on it. I think it prevented some popped peas. Bye.